Welcome back to our bonus podcast. This is podcast number 26. It is part three in a three-part series <laughs> that we originally thought would be a two-part series. A big <laughs> we, topic. Yeah, and hopefully, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we get through this next one. Yeah. So we have done two series on Christian women in leadership, and the first two, uh, the first one was talking about the theological framework uh, behind different positions on that. The second one was talking about the, how that exactly plays out within the church structure of Northview. And this one is how that plays out within our homes. So we're going to be going back and forth. I am joined today by Thalia. Hello. Thalia is our pastor of care here at Northview. And by Rebecca Meeker. Hello. <laughs> Rebecca is uh, one of our teachers and leaders in women's ministry. And she is also married to Kyle Meeker, our youth pastor. So glad to have her here. Um, so we talked uh, last time basically saying that... Uh, we have elders in our church who are our leaders who kind of guard the family, the church family, the doctrine of the church family. And mm -hmm. we said that's a similar role um, that we believe men are given within the household. Uh, but yet we have lots of places for women to lead, to step into uh, leadership within the church. And we also have lots of room for women to be equal partners, obviously, within marriage. And so we wanted to talk through the dynamics of that, how that works itself out. We're going to give some of our own personal stories on that. Um, but why don't you start, uh, Rebecca, did you want to start, first of all, just by talking through a little bit of the Genesis passage, which a lot sure. of this refers to? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read uh, Genesis 2, and I'll start in verse 16. Or it's 15, actually. The Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any um, tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for on the day you eat from it, you will certainly die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper as his complement. Um, so the Lord formed um, out of the ground every wild beast, and he goes on from there. But the, the key point here is that um, God saw that Adam was alone and that he wanted to make somebody for him to not be alone, and mm -hmm. he um, and the, word, the, the translation that I have, which is the HSCB, is um, that I will make a helper as his complement. And <clears throat> so we've talked about complementarian, and that's yeah. kind of where that, that word comes from, mm -hmm. um, is that, that God created Eve as his helper, mm -hmm. as his complement, not, not to be below him, but as somebody to come alongside and kind of complete, yeah. complete this picture him. of mankind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Two parts that make a whole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you had a little funny story that yes. you were sharing with us as we were preparing. Yes. So maybe share that quickly as to how complimenting yeah. can work out. Works yes. out. Yeah. Um, the last two years of university, I was a resident advisor in a dorm and I purposely picked a co-ed floor to, um, to be an RA over. And um, the, it was an interesting um, experiment, I guess, in psychology <laughs> or sociology. But um, my, my floors generally like were, were low maintenance. Like I didn't have them. I had you know, men and women, and the men would kind of help the women get past their cattiness and their backbiting and just <laughs> yeah. all the, you know, stuff that can happen and that can all, and there's lots of estrogen flowing. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and, but then the, the women um, actually would help the men be a little more civil. And it didn't, <laughs> the floor didn't smell like if you went down to a, a guy's floor in that same dorm, oh, the, pow the smell was overpowering. But on my floor, because there were women, you know, on uh -huh. the floor, they, they helped the men kind of be just a little more civilized <laughs> maybe they were doing their laundry for them I don't know but but it was an Hopefully interesting not. yeah it was just it was it was fun to see how you know when you have men and women living together like how that actually they complements. Balance they ba out. balance each other out you don't yeah. have you know just too much like, of one thing too much no. of another thing yeah. yeah 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 so it was just a 
it, a beautiful picture, really, of how how God wants men and women to to be together in a in a marriage, or you know, just mm-hmm. even in society as a general. Yeah. Like it, you need both yeah. um, to help. Yeah, and I think we said in the last podcast how men and women were created to be equal in value and worth and dignity and the call to salvation, but different in role and function. Right, and that's what you're describing here. Different in very, our roles. Very yes, and I mean everybody's going to school to get their university degree, so it wasn't like one was more important than the yeah. other in that respect. It was just they're living together, uh-huh. not you know, living in a together. bad way, just living, <laughs> sharing the floor. Yes, they, they, the women had separate rooms from the guys. That wasn't uh-huh. co-ed in that respect, but um, yeah, it was just it was it was a, an, yeah, just a, a good picture of what uh-huh. men and women, what got, how God intended men and women to function in the world. Uh-huh. That's neat. Did you want to read through the Ephesians passage and talk through that as we go? Sure. So we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 15. And the reason we're starting there is because we want to show that the part that gets a little bit more mm, controversial, (laughs) the submission passage, as people like to say, is within a broader context. Mm -hmm. So listen, and we'll kind of stop a few times just to make it clear. So I'm reading from the ESV, Ephesians 5, chapter, or Ephesians chapter 5, starting at 15. It says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So that's the important verse there, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then it continues from there to talk specifically about husbands and wives. Mm -hmm. Now be careful because people often stop at this next verse, but it continues. Verse 22 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. This one is often used... Uh, out of context, just taken, lifted from the scriptures, but it's in a broader context, so let's keep going. Verse 23. We can talk about them individually a bit. Yeah, 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 let's talk about them a little bit. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And that's from Genesis, where very just a little bit past where, where Rebecca was reading yeah. um, a few minutes earlier. This mystery is profound, it says in verse 32, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So there's a lot in there. We're mm-hmm. going to talk through that. So first of all, the overall framework... Uh, for this passage and other passages about submission that are in scripture, there's 1 Peter 2, talks about that, uh, 1 Peter 2, 13 to 3, 7, and Colossians 3, 16 to 25. What's the overall context in all of these passages? What's, what's similar between them? So are you talking about submitting to one another and you're talking about Christ being the head of the church? What, what are you meaning specifically? Well, I think the overall context 
Um, I guess what I was trying to point out. Yes, I guess I should have just said it. You can't read my mind. I'm a woman. I expect you to read my mind. That would be nice, actually. Um, I think all of them have this overall context that we're supposed to live in a certain way within society. Yes. Right? To glorify God. Mm -hmm. And so this is showing us how to do it. And so the first Peter talk. That's better said than what I would have said. But so part of how we work out these relationships is how we adorn the gospel. As Jeff even talked about this week, right? How do we adorn the preaching of the gospel and how we interact with each other? is part of that. So mm-hmm. that's the bigger context, is that we want to glorify God in our homes, in our relationships with, with other people. Yes. And that's kind of a context for that. Yeah. How about this one? Uh, so verse 22 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Some people read that saying that women, all women everywhere should submit to every man. How would you respond to that one? <laughs> well, resounding. No. <laughs> <laughs> submit to your own husbands. I don't have to submit to Crystal's husband or Rebecca's husband, except that he's my coworker, and so it's mutual yeah. submission. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not a blanket rule no. that every single woman has to be submitted to every man, or every married woman has to be submitted to every other man. No. Mm-hmm. So it's a re- within this relationship of marriage, which has a special role and function. Yes. Yeah. What other questions come out of this passage as you've talked it through with people? Well, that word "submit" is tough. And so that has been used inappropriately and wrongly yeah. to sort of okay or justify abuse in marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough one. That's what I really wanted to talk to you on this podcast is the fact that submitting to our husbands does not mean submitting to abuse. Mm-hmm. Not emotional abuse, not physical abuse, not sexual abuse or any kind of abuse whatsoever. We do not submit to that because it's sinful and it's wrong. And if we submit to it, that means the abuser continues to sin which is wrong for them, it's not helpful for them in any way, does not help them to glorify Christ, does not help them to grow closer to him. And it is um, unhealthy and unwise, as this passage talked about earlier, and could be dangerous. Mm -hmm. So no, we don't submit to bad behavior. So it's abuse and also it talks about here submitting um, as to the Lord. And I know the Colossians passage talks about that submitting as you would to Christ. So to to the kind of things that you would envision through scripture Christ or God telling you to do not anything that's sinful even if it's not abusive yes true right like watching pornography together or right yeah if they tell you to um lie or if they want you to do certain things that are against the bible or against the laws of our our world you know we should not submit to that yeah what else comes up um as we read this for me I think uh the whole idea of you're asked to submit as a woman here, but your husband isn't telling you to submit. Right. And I think all these passages, the same way you can't tell your husband to love you, your husband can't tell you to submit to them. It's not no. something that is part of the equation. No. It's something that you consciously decide and choose to do for the good of your relationship, for mm-hmm. the decision you're walking through. And we'll talk through some of the, our personal experiences with that mm-hmm. later. Right. But it's not something that's enforceable that way. The same no. way you can't enforce that someone loves you. A uh, husband can't enforce that upon no. you. It's like Jesus submitted to the Father. Yeah. He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he wanted to uh, give up his will for the good of us. He wanted to glorify the Father. He wanted to submit. He chose to do that. He didn't have to, technically. No. He yeah. could have used his power and gotten out of that situation, but he chose to submit. And so that's the picture of us with our husbands, choosing to submit. But that's uh, probably different in all of our marriages, Yeah, right. a little bit. Before we get into that, mm-hmm. just because you brought up that topic of Jesus submitting to the Father, yeah. I think sometimes people get a bit mixed up with this topic because they say, well, 
the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, they're all mutually submitting to each other. It's a beautiful harmony, and that's how we should be in our marriage. Right. But throughout Scripture, that isn't, it is definitely beautiful harmony, and they are submitting to one another, but there still is roles within yes. that. So if you read a passage like Ephesians 1, you'll see God doing certain things, Jesus doing certain things, the Holy Spirit doing certain things. And if you look for that as you read Scripture... They all have different things that they're doing mm-hmm. as part of that harmony and as part of all being one. They're still not all doing the same thing. No. And God isn't submitting to Jesus. No. And the Holy Spirit isn't over an authority of any of them. There is a, no. There's God is the one that initiates and Jesus is the one that enacts it. And the Holy yeah. Spirit is one that applies yes. what happens. That's so very that's important. a formula throughout scripture. So we want to say within marriage, there may be different roles. It doesn't mean that we're not equal in value like God... Holy Spirit, Jesus, all God, but there still is differences in how yeah. we, some of those things interact mm-hmm. and interplay. So that's good to clarify. That's kind yeah. of the headspace. Now let's go ahead and yeah, look yeah, into that. Yeah, that's good. Back, I guess, yeah, down to the... Down to the ground n- level. To the ground. Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, as a, as a husband and a wife, as you're, you're a team, and that doesn't, submitting doesn't mean that you are... Um, that you, your your husband is going to make every decision within your family as as a compliment as a helper to him you might have different insights into how yeah. you know something needs to be ha- needs to happen so there's a there's a communication that's happening between yeah. you know your husband and yourself or you know e- even even outside of the husband wife relationship whether it's the slave master whether it's your supervisor or superior yeah. and you as a worker you're you should always have a constant dialogue because you might have more information or have different a different viewpoint than the other person. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're working together in tandem, like you're you're much more effective than if you are trying to do it by yourself. And yes, um, so we don't have to be saying yes to your yes to your all the time. No, and the person who's the head, and so in this case we're talking about a husband, they don't have to do all the tasks just because they are the leader. Sometimes we don't realize that the best leaders are ones that delegate to people who are best at the task. So if a husband realizes that his wife is better at the finances, for example, he might say, hey, awesome, you take on the finances, you use your best skill and ability to manage that portion, and I will do the something else. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying that there's specific stereotypes that we have to fit into as a biblical woman. That no. all biblical women have to do these certain things and all no. men have to do these certain things and you're fitting in yourself into this mold in this box. No, it doesn't no. have to be pink and blue tasks. No. But that might work. Yeah. That might be great. But yeah. you might decide totally different tasks based on who brings the skill, the ability, the passion, the interest yeah. to that particular task. So the underlying thing you want to, that these scriptures are getting at is your attitude towards each other yes. kind of in the midst of that. Yeah, submitting to one another. Yeah. Yeah, wives submitting to their husbands. But husbands is very much a sacrificial servant leadership, just as Jesus was. He was a servant leader. And he was willing to lay down his life for yeah. his church. And, and that's what they're, that's calling. what the Bible is calling yeah. husbands to do. So in that sacrificial love, it, yeah, it's not, yeah. It's, that's not an authoritative... No, and um, there's no room for domination no, or oppression no, or no. abuse or anything like that. That is absolutely not the picture here. And that would be the same in a complementarian church, which we talked about last podcast. Yeah. That's not a complementarian church. Just as in a marriage, there is no room for domination, oppression, abuse. No. Yeah. You, you want men and women to bring their skills. You want yeah. them to, yeah. to complement one another. Yes. And, and a, a man might have certain skills, like you mm-hmm. said, and a woman might have different skills. And they 
they complement one another. Yes. And that's why different people are together as a husband and a wife because they're... they're <laughs> as much as you kind of drive yourself each other yeah, crazy once in a while because you're often so different. Yes, That's exactly. the way. Yeah. And but if they can't do it as a team, you hire out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I like to hire out my cooking. Well, we realized that early on because my husband, yeah. Mark, is a great accountant but terrible handyman. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. we realized early on that he said, I would rather work more hours and pay someone to do things like build the fence or do whatever because he doesn't have skills in that. Yeah. See, I actually like to fix things. Yeah, I do nice. yeah, more, right, yeah. right. Well, so, engineer. That right, right, right. So Kyle doesn't particularly care for that either. So, right. so it works well. It does. That's not a stereotypical, you know. Yeah. No, it doesn't have anything. to be stereotypical. No. So, is there an out clause in scripture? Do you, can we say I only have to submit if he loves me? Huh. Well, or he only has to love me. Or, yeah. If I submit, like, can a husband say, I'm not going to love you if you don't submit? Or, yeah. How would you say? <laughs> so, you I wish somebody? there was. Yeah. There? <laughs> yes, there's no out clause. Actually, by respecting and submitting, even in a difficult situation, um, God can grow that. Mm-hmm. How do we say that better? Uh, that's a tough one to explain. But that, again, that doesn't mean submitting to abuse, abuse or anything no, like that. But still, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to be in a perfect marriage. No. Order, like, we don't have to say, well, my husband has to tick all these boxes before I'll submit to him or show respect or honor to him. Yeah. So like, for example, for me as the handyman kind of example, I just gave a moment ago, I could be really disappointed that my husband sort of isn't that stereotypical handyman and can fix the car and fix the fence and do whatever. I'm not, that's just not who he is. That's great with me. It's not a problem at all. And so it isn't something where I poke and prod and nag at him and get all upset because he isn't good at those, those things. I just say, no problem. Either I get my dad over or we hire out or something. Yeah. Because sometimes I think we see, as women, we see, well, this is what men should be, this ideal. And if they're not, well, then I'm not going to do anything nice to them because they're not living up to their ideal. And so I'm going to be a nag and I'm going to mm-hmm. criticize every time they try and do something. And I'm going to, because I want to push them to be this kind of person. But that's not helpful either. So no. I think the more, if we have that attitude of wanting to be show respect and honor and elevate that person that we mm-hmm. are partnering with, mm-hmm. living with, um, then, so we don't insult them, we don't cut them down, we don't um, talk badly about them in public. Like that's not showing submission and respect. No, I, and it, it, yeah. your attitude needs to be that of Christ, right? Yeah. That, that you're, I think Christ was, he he didn't, I guess, argue in the face yeah. of scoffers, and it, it, you know, especially at his crucifixion, that he was um, he was willing to submit through all of that um, because that's what his father had asked him to do, and so. You know, sometimes there there will be difficult situations, and and you you'll have to kind of you know, grin and bear it maybe sometimes, and not not yeah. again not in yeah, an yeah. abusive situation, but yeah. but there's but just we're sinful people, we're and sinful we people. do and, yeah. stupid things, and yeah. we say mean things to each other mm-hmm. once in a while, and we are hurtful or whatever. Well, and sometimes you need yeah. to argue behind closed doors. I call it pushback, a lot of yeah. pushback and forth to come to an agreement. Because you need to bring the best of who you are to the marriage, and your husband brings the same until you come to some kind of. Uh, compromise or agreement or whatever so you can go forward mm-hmm. yeah, but ultimately sometimes you might actually just have to yeah sometimes I have, have to say, to say okay, okay I disagree but we're going your direction right yeah and and not say I told you so if it later. doesn't work later <laughs> <laughs> but I can really count a few times only in our 22 years of marriage where we've really had to be at that point mostly it's a teamwork mostly it's a consistent dialogue arguing out conversation to figure out what we're going to do yes yeah 
Yeah, I would say the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, I mean, it's it's a blessing to have that, you know, to, to be able to... So I wanted to ask life. you about that, Rebecca, yeah. mm-hmm. because around this table, Rebecca's one who has moved from Dallas, yeah. right? Dallas? Texas, yeah. anyways. Close enough. Okay, close enough. <laughs> yeah. From Texas all the way up to Canada because we did a pastoral search. I was part of that committee and we called Kyle to be part of our church. But you're an engineer. You were working in the States. Yes. You had to give up a lot to yes. come here. So how did that work out in terms of this submission idea? Um, well, it was just, it's, it, it's been a process or a process, as you yeah. say, here in Canada. <laughs> you're getting <laughs> the lingo, right? Finally, after three after years. After three years, I'm finally getting it. <laughs> process, um, process. But, but just basically kind of wrestling with the, the passages that, that we've talked about, you know, and, and um, reading several different books um, that kind of help unpack what that means. And um, ultimately, it, um, Kyle was just at a position, at, at a place where it was, he was, you know, ready to kind of go on to a different ministry. There were things weren't bad by any means at the place that we were at um it was just you know he could tell that god was doing something different you know or wanted him to do something different Mm -hmm. and um you know it was it was it's hard and i shared on um on this uh several weeks ago (laughs) um that the um that that is hard that i struggle with sometimes being you know stay-at-home mom right now but but coming to the realization that that I'm ultimately submitting <clears throat> to God and that, that um, he has called Kyle here and being willing to, to, to put that aside for the time being and, um, and just and serve him and my family in a way that I, mean, I was still doing that in Texas, but yeah. I, I was doing both. I was uh, a full-time engineer as well as a mom and a wife. And, um, and yeah, it just, it's been a lot of wrestling and kind of, kind of working through what that means, but ultimately coming to the conclusion that I need to submit to Christ and, if, if, and, and to God the Father. You know, to get mm-hmm. coming to that, that no matter what I'm doing, um, I need, and sometimes it's hard, you know, it's that you have to give up some things that you... So you were looking at your family and considering what's best for Kyle, what's best for your kids, yes. what's best for your family at this time, and yeah. putting yourself sort of right. second in a way yeah. setting aside your career mm-hmm. and, and yeah and then part of that was you know, we had just had Karis and she was tiny and it was okay to kind of balance all of that yeah. um, when I had one child but when the second one came I felt like I was on a hamster wheel just constantly Yeah. and like I just there's, there's less sleep you already have less sleep with a newborn but just even less because you're trying to get everything done and it was just not healthy so just coming to that realization that I kind of need to put this on the side for a little bit. And, you know, I have no idea how it will play out in years to come. You know, Karis is getting older. But, um, yeah, I just I think, I think this I think topic's it's important, good. Yeah, yeah, it's important to notice, like what you said, that it's for a season. Yeah. And it's a decision made for now. And it might be right. a different decision mm-hmm. in 10 years from now, depending on what career opportunities right. are for you and what are for Kyle. And right. I think this is going to be uncomfortable, though, for listeners to hear this, because we that's a tough one to put ourselves aside for maybe what's best for our husbands or for our kids. So I would say, just pop in here and say, if you want to talk further about Rebecca to Rebecca or us about this, Please feel free at any time. This is not an easy thing that no. you've gone through. No. And it isn't easy for our listeners to say, whoa, 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 <coughs> hang on, hang on. What do you mean? I might have to put my own career second. Yeah. And I never and every it, yeah. every like to a different degree, every woman that has that time at home with kids goes through that, through that same. Right. If, if they're that career-minded person. Right. Some people only want, they l- have been living since they're teenagers to have kids yeah. and be at home. And they love that, which yeah. is great. It's great. But other people have that career. And so they feel like for a certain point of time, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, it's hard. 
it is hard, but again, yeah, coming back to like Colossians, you know, you're supposed yeah. to do everything to the glory of God, and so you guys have to <laughs> do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a rubber hit the road a little bit differently. Like I went through some of those things definitely too as I started having kids because I didn't ever really see myself as a stay-at-home mom. But where this kind of really came to a head in my in our marriage was. Uh, there was a number of years where um, my, our kids were little and Bob was starting his real estate business. So he was out almost every night. Uh, and a lot of the times he was, his schedule was just really, he needed to jump when somebody wanted to go out with him. And so I was doing a lot of the kid raising, the child raising myself, making a lot of decisions on what should happen. And he would come home and have ideas on things that should happen. And I kind of scoffed or mocked or didn't implement <laughs> things that he wanted because I thought, well, he's not here. He doesn't know what it's like, and I wasn't really respectful for a while there. And he felt like as a dad that he wasn't getting the voice into our family, and I wasn't honoring his role in that leadership that's of tough. the family. And it was hard Ooh, because I had to wrestle with that and finally realized that I wasn't honoring him and respecting him as I should have. Like yeah. Even though he wasn't there, I wanted my kids to look up to him as their dad. I didn't want them to think, you know, you watch all these family TV shows with the deadbeat dads, and he's not that. But I didn't want to be portraying a negative attitude about him or to him. And so I had to really, well, you know, even if he's not here and maybe I don't necessarily agree with all these things in order for our kids to have a good respect for him and for him to feel like he's valued as their father, I need to submit to some of these things because it's important to show that I value him and, and his input. And so different ways it plays out. Yeah, that's a tough one too. Yeah, <laughs> but it's good. It was. It forced me to think through some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, what if a husband isn't a leader? Doesn't want to lead. What if a husband isn't a Christian? Yeah, what that's would a you tough say? One. So I've met with a number of women like that that come here to church with their kids because they are Christians and their husbands. Some of them are Christians and they just don't want to be involved in church right now, or some are not Christians. And so we encourage them to grow, still grow in their own faith. Be here, be plugged in as it works for their life stage and with their kids and that kind of thing. Uh, Not to give up growing as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And leaving room, like you talked about before, um, leaving room for uh, your husband to step in when, you know, maybe God will change his heart and his mind at some point. Or maybe he'll want to be involved in church. That would be awesome. So not making it sort of your thing with your kids and there's no room for your husband. Mm -hmm. But don't give up growing. That's what I would say. Yeah, and I'd say be in relationship with other women that can encourage you. If you don't have that relationship in your marriage or in other places yeah. like that, be with people that can encourage your faith, right, and hold yeah. you accountable. And yeah. We've had a few women, too, that are Christians that come here to women's ministry that have really enjoyed growing to the point where they've joined a few different things at church. Mm-hmm. And then they realized, oh, wait a minute, this wasn't really submitting to their husbands because their husbands were starting to feel a little angry with the church and all the Christian-y things that are going mm-hmm. on. So as women, they made the difficult choice to talk this through with their husbands and decide which things they can attend and which things they might need to give up. And they have dropped some of the things they're involved in because they don't want to sort of put church ahead of their husbands. So although it was hard for them to do that, they realized that was the best for their husbands and their families. And so they've just chosen like coming to church and maybe one other thing or two other things, depending on how it worked out with their husbands. That was tough for them. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but again, they're submitting to yeah. do what their husband you know, what's best for them and what yeah. maybe what their husband had requested. I know, and respecting and, him and yeah. listening to his voice and all of that kind of thing. That's very important, but hard. It, hard, but it, hard, but it speaks to to who Christ is. Yeah. You know, and, it, and hopefully a light to their husband, you know, to the yeah. husbands. 
What do we say to single women? Whether they're divorced, separated, never been married, widowed, what do we say to single women? In terms of how they... Yeah, how they work this out. Because they're not married, but they may have a spouse. Maybe they're separated or divorced. They may want to have a spouse. I think it's um, having kind of an underlying attitude of wanting to work well with people and getting along you know well with people and wanting to be part of a team and like I think even us at work here um, we're trusted by leadership because they know we're not out to undermine everything that yeah. they're doing and mm-hmm. right and so I think as women you want to be the kind of people that people can trust that they mm-hmm. can assume that you have their back mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that you're on their side yes. that you're going to work together for the good of the team yes for the good of whatever project you're on and so mm-hmm. I think I would say to single women if you have guys on your team, just make sure they know you're on your side, that mm-hmm. you're working with them, you're pulling with them, you're not going to go against their initiatives, um, you're going to dialogue, you're going to push and pull back and forth, mm-hmm. um, but yet when push comes to shove and if somebody else has to make a decision, you're not going to be the one in the coffee room nagging about it with somebody, yeah. <laughs> you're going to instead talk openly about it with them and, and work it out. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't, wanna, you don't want to get through life, whether you're single or married or whatever, and be the, the lone one finishing, you know, yeah, like you want, yeah. you want to have everybody kind of coming alongside you Yeah, team as, mm-hmm. as a team. And I, I've, you know, as a, as an engineer, I've worked in a very male dominated field. There's like less yeah. than 10% um, of the people in the field are women. Um, but I've worked with some women that were just hard to work with. And, yes. Yeah. And I, you know, you just don't want to be like that. You don't want to, you don't want to be that difficult person. Yeah. Um, so sort of submissive in spirit. In spirit, think, yeah, Even yeah. if you're not necessarily yes. married. Yes. Submissive to your leaders, submissive, like I said, um, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yes. Having a softness, a willingness to work, work it out. Right. Team. Maybe, yeah. And some, maybe sometimes you don't agree with, you know, somebody who's a, above you, a superior or an executive or something, but still being willing to say, you know, I don't know the bigger picture or, you know, I'm willing to take yeah. your leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good grounds for, you know, just cultivating that submissive spirit. Yeah. yeah. And I would also say to women who are single, for whatever reason, to continue to grow. Be plugged in. Pray, read your Bible, study your Bible, be at church. Like, don't give up growing just because the people around you might not be. Yeah, we have lots of women of all demographics mm-hmm. in our women's ministry and in all our TLC classes churches or theology classes like you yeah. said um so there's lots of room <clears throat> lots that. of room yes yeah, for that um we had an exposition or a teaching that rebecca and i were listening to um on titus 2 which was in a rebecca and i are taking a class called simeon trust uh workshop in biblical exposition going through the six genres of the bible and we're learning how to do that but the woman was teaching on titus 2 which is a passage about older women training younger women and talking about younger women should be busy at home and she says does that mean that every to be a good woman you have to be a homemaker and you have to be at home and um and what about the women who are single and aren't and all that kind of stuff and she said you know that phrase is really saying um make your home your sphere like make it your priority so whether you're single or married or whatever make it a place where people are welcome and 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 it's a good place for them to be where people come in the door and they feel loved. Yeah. Um, you can be a stay-at-home mom and your home isn't your sphere. Yeah. Right? Your home can be all out of sorts, nothing can be taken care of. People can be angry and upset. It doesn't matter yeah. whether you're home or whether you're working. It's your attitude. Yeah. That surrounds kind of what you're doing and where you're living and kind of the place you're, you're managing. And so mm-hmm. I thought that was a good way to, to Yeah, talk that's about a really it. great way to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Very convicting. <laughs> yeah. Everybody came in that next week after we had studied that passage. They're like, oh, and I, I made sure that my home was my sphere this week. It was good. Because yeah. we need Christians who are stay-at-home moms yeah. and totally invested in their kids in their homes and homeschooling in all different realms. Yeah. We need Christians, Christian women who are involved in the workplace, however that looks, and in ministry in terms of at a church yeah. and on the mission field. We need women everywhere. And we don't need to be in competition with each other and think that one way is better than another no. and one way is more holy than another. No. And no. it changes year to year. Yeah, and we season to, to season. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, bring it back. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> High five to you. Yeah. So I think we've answered some questions. Yeah, but I you know what? Good. If there are more that come up mm-hmm. as people listen to this and want to talk about it, um, we've got a few already that we kind of answered indirectly as we went yeah. through the last two podcasts. We didn't read them out directly, but we had answered them by the questions that we raised and answered. So same for this one. If you yeah. want to send in questions, uh, we'll be happy to talk about them in future podcasts, or you can meet with one of us to talk about them. And uh, we'd be happy to continue the dialogue on this topic. It's a really important one. It is. um, We need to think through it well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Thalia, would you mind praying? Sure. As we leave. Mm -hmm. Lord, we love you, and we love your word. Help us to learn from your word, to read it regularly. And, Lord, help us to submit to you, first of all, and then to submit to one another in the best meaning of that word. And we've talked through what that looks like. Lord, would you help us as we go through this next week to consider what we've heard and to talk about it with our friends, to talk about it with you, and to see how you would lead us in this direction. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen.